Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am Pam, and today I only have Heidi again. Wow. I did it again, only Heidi. Did the same <laughs> thing with Elisa when it was just the two of us, but today we have Heidi. Um, Elisa is unable to meet at this moment. Showing us. Yeah. yeah. It's a crazy time of year. It is. I know. We're recording this just before the holidays. Um, and yeah, it's been tough to try and get everybody all together the last month or so, just with all of the extra chaos that's going on end of year, all of that stuff. So we are back this week with a new episode. Um, and this one we have Miss Heidi is going to be chatting to us all about exercisers, jumpers, all of those devices. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a tough topic to listen to if you love your exercaster or if you love your jumper or if you love your devices but we ask that you have an open mind and hear us out and just we're going to give you all sorts of great alternatives as well um and um just mm-hmm. know right Bit there's spoiler alert there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true you're right <laughs> um so there is one thing though because as we kind of chat this could lead to some guilt yeah and so you know welcome to parenthood right (laughs) so we're gonna say right at the beginning this episode may trigger some mom dad parent guilt but remember you are doing things as a parent you're you're learning on the go and then you come across some new information that goes against it what you're currently doing, you will feel bad. That is normal. What's important is that you take that information and implement a change, right? You can't say, or you can't beat yourself up for doing something that you didn't know wasn't okay. You're like, oh my goodness, I thought that's what we, what we should be doing. Oh my, that's still happening to me. And my children are 17 and 24 years old. And I'm like, what? We shouldn't have done that. Oopsie. And the tough thing too is, is they go through these, like, yes, you should do this. And this is great. And then it's like, no, this is actually really bad. And you should not be doing this. And even the difference between not only for your one child, but even your difference between one child to the next child, what you do with one, Mm -hmm. my two are only four years apart, uh, my older two. And what I did for Ireland was almost completely different from what was recommended with Alexa with a lot of the things and I was like oh okay but I can't you can't live in that guilt you can't we learn we we adapt we make those changes and we move on right we can't live in that guilt because all that's doing is just bringing us down and listen we have enough stuff on our plate we don't need to be worried about the stuff that we didn't know about or that we shouldn't have been doing and we've been doing and you know that's all part of parenting like Heidi said we're going to be learning it's all a learning curve so if you've been using these don't don't live in that guilt don't let it hang out with you for any longer than it needs to yeah so you're going to come across this new information and be like 
Oh, we're supposed to be doing that. Okay, good to know. Don't get stuck in beating yourself up about it and worrying about what potential harm you could have done or what potential harm could have happened because you were doing this. It's like, oh my goodness, we didn't know better. Okay, this is actually what we're supposed to be doing. And it will continue to evolve and change as new information happens. For example, when I was a child growing up in the late 1970s, I stood on the front car seat with my arm around my dad's neck while he drove us around, right? Seatbelts just was not really a thing back then. Yes, vehicles had them, but, you know, and then you, you come across more information, new information, and you're like, okay, you know what? Actually, this is more safe. This is more safe. This is the way you do This is a better way to do it. You're always improving, always reiterating. You do not start your parenting journey knowing it all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you end your parenting journey knowing it all either. <laughs> also another spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oops, sorry. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so, so let's jump in. So yes. we know that these devices are created to give us a break. As yeah. parents, we're going to need this time. It's tough to entertain babies all of the time. But know um, that you don't need to entertain them all the time. Right, that's exactly that's your permission right there. That's a really big piece. And we do have a podcast about independent play. So if you're struggling with that, if you are entertaining your little one all day long, all mm-hmm. of the time, we have great tips starting right from the very beginning on mm-hmm. being able to um, work on that mm-hmm. and help your child develop that skill. So yeah. that's an important one, independent play. However, um, we do tend to use these as that break. The challenge is, is they become overused. Yes, that's the, that's the real tricky challenge here. Overused and improperly used. I think those are two big, two big pieces. Yes. Yes. So baby's too little, not strong enough. There's all these things that we're going to chat about, um, as well as not in the right position, not well supported, all of that stuff as well. So there's two big pieces there. Yeah. And so from a developmental perspective, I don't recommend these devices and I don't even have them here at the Blossom Studio. People have asked, oh, you should get some extra saucers. And I'm like, oh, this is my opportunity to um, you know, give you some information on it. Like, this is why we don't have them. And lots of, you know, baby places have them. But this, this is the reason why. So from a developmental perspective, I don't recommend them because... Um, poor posture babies in a poor posture position they have poor balance and body control when them when they're in them decreased motor and skill exploration um and then we're going to jump into a little bit of the foot and how it affects their feet a little bit so for starters they're usually in this really awkward sort of position they're their belly is swung forward, their back is really arched, their hips are kind of really full apart, their shoulder blades, like they're just in not a very good position. Like you would not jump on a trampoline in this position, right? You would make sure that you had better core muscles. And so we really need, speaking of core, we really need to make sure that baby is put into an exercisor only after they have been able to sit without support. Yes. And so that is much older 
than what it probably says on the box. Now, I from when I looked at these boxes years ago, I think it said three months plus. That's what I was and gonna say too. That to me was absolutely shocking because you talk to any chiropractor, pediatric chiropractor, yeah. occupational therapist, they would totally disagree with that recommendation because I have never met a baby who can sit unsupported by three months. No, nor have I. Typically around six months. Some babies do sit earlier than six months unsupported. Most sit later. And it all has to do with their core muscles. And how do you build core muscles? In tummy time. Tummy time, tummy time, tummy time, tummy time, tummy time, tummy time. We have a tummy time podcast too. So if you're struggling with tummy time, have a listen. There's lots of tips and strategies in that one too, because all these developmental pieces, right? So everything we've we've talked about with developmentally, you know, we've done our tummy time, and then we've done the crawling, and um, you know, it's all kind of tied into that core and that foundational of that foundation of the develop that gross motor development. And this is another piece we want that we want to be working on their developmental skills. on their back, on their belly, so that they're on their side or other side, so that they're building those muscles that they genuinely Mm -hmm. need versus Mm -hmm. the potentially, you know, improper poor, um, in an improper position with improper footing and, you know, potential damage type thing. Yeah. And so the other reason I don't like to recommend them is because it gives a baby a poor sense of balance and body control. So one of our senses that we develop uh, in in infancy is called proprioceptive. And so we have these little receptors in in our muscles and our joints that give our brain feedback to let us know how much pressure is required or how much pressure is being exerted. And so a really good example of this is you would be walking on some pavement and then you would step off and start walking on some sand. You would, you know, from experiencing those two different surfaces that your weight will transfer different once you go on the sand. Our babies don't know this information. They haven't had a chance to learn it. So even just them crawling on cushy carpet and then going right to hard tile, they're going to have to change the way they move their hands and knees on that surface, right? They may not go as quick or as hard on the tile as they do on the carpet because it doesn't um, hurt as much, basically. And you'll see those ones too that like are used to crawling on both surfaces. Like they're going to take their time crawling on the floors and then you're going to see them start to gear up as that carpet comes because they know they can boot it as soon as they hit that carpet. Yeah. So funny. I know it's really funny actually. (laughs) power boost <laughs> yeah the carpet's coming the carpet's coming yeah and even here when um you know little ones come to class and they walk in on our linoleum and then that first step onto the carpet they usually take a tumble especially yeah. if they're just learning to walk and so that's the proprioceptive sense that's one of the ways um and that it's used and we should actually do a whole because it's very important and it's not really well known mm-hmm. um but that whole idea right is like if if your body is just learning how to like stabilize itself and how to move itself and then now you put it into this moving swinging thing 
when and then now the body's not only struggling to stay stable and strong and up but now it's trying to figure out how am i supposed to be what am i supposed to be putting pressure here what am i supposed to be doing with this and yeah it can become a little kerfuffle for them it's tough yeah so it basically just overrides the concept of gravity because they don't have to um like you don't jump naturally like that unless you're in a device mm-hmm. you get that extra sling back right so that that proprioceptive input is overridden by a false sense of gravity in these devices. So there's that reason. Um, The other reason is decreased motor skill exploration. So when a baby's in a device, they're not working on mastering those foundational milestones like rolling, crawling, pulling to a stand, cruising around furniture. And this can cause baby to have a delay in meeting milestones later on. It can also prevent primitive reflexes from being integrated, which can also impede later learning in life, especially things like schoolwork, mm-hmm. which yes. is huge. The, the fine motor skills, writing, the gross, like there's just so many pieces that these developmental milestones that our babies go through that they need to hit, you know, and, and we do talk about this in the crawling one, but it, that's an easy one that, oh no, don't worry about it. They, it's okay if they don't crawl, they, they're just gonna skip crawling, go go right to walking, but we need them to crawl. We want them on their hands and knees. It's, you know, for their spine, for all of their development. It's just, there's so many pieces and factors to consider that we really wanna be encouraging these milestones. And on that developmental standpoint, we want them, we want to help them through those milestones so that they're building and always growing and developing mm-hmm. from a sleep standpoint. We know that mm-hmm. the more work we do through those foundation, through those developmental, as they're developing those milestones, the more work we do with them during the day at non-sleep times, the faster they're going to get through that phase, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that working on this and allowing them that time to work on it is really, really, really important for their every day as well as their development. So definitely something to keep in mind for sure. Yeah. And we also did a whole podcast on crawling. So if you missed that one and are interested in it, go back into um, the archives, I guess. I mean, you might as well just listen to them all really. You're here anyways, just go for a nice (laughs) long walk or go for a drive. (laughs) So funny. Um, So yeah, one of the big things I saw when I worked in kindergarten classrooms was some little ones had a really hard time sitting on the carpet during circle time. Yes. And it wasn't because they had some kind of attention um, deficit or they were just highly distractible or some other thing was going. It was because they were not physically comfortable because they had no core muscles. And so sometimes I would, you know, pull um, the parent side at pickup and I would say, I really noticed, you know, little Johnny has a really hard time sitting on the carpet. I'm wondering how long he crawled for. And so many times the parents would be like, oh no, he never crawled. Yeah. (laughs) And I'd be like, okay, so I'm going to be doing some super fun, gross motor stuff with him over the next coming weeks and building those core muscles because that's what he's missing. If he, if you're not comfortable in a meeting, 
you can't focus. If the chair is like super uncomfortable or it's like, you know, for me, I like to sit more upright than most people do. So if the chair is like a really like relaxing reclining chair, I'm like trying to like reposition myself and move around so I can get comfortable. I am not even paying attention to the speaker until I'm comfortable. It's the same thing with our little ones in kindergarten, in those early grades at circle time. If they can't be comfortable sitting on the floor, we need to accommodate them. So that might be giving them a chair until they get those belly muscles under control. And I, I love working on that with little ones. That's why we have all the exercise balls. Um, so decreased motor skill. If, if they're in the, the device, the jumper or the exercise, they're not building all these other motor skills, right? And especially because they tend to be overused, it's even longer that they don't have time to explore. Mm-hmm. Now, another concern is babies tend to be very tippy-toed with maybe their toes rolled under. You know how they like to scrunch their toes up? Or they place their feet in sort of like a rolled over ankle position and then they jump. And that can cause foot injuries that you may not even notice because your little one isn't walking. Well, and it can like toe, foot, ankle, hips, like knees, it can be, it's all connected, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it, and like Heidi said, you don't know, they're not walking. So we don't know if um, their toes are, are sore or if they've, you know, anything's wrong in those areas because they're not weight bearing yet. So one little sign that will tell you if your baby is in them too long is your little one is getting calluses or blisters on their toes they're in there too much okay that's good um sometimes also you'll see that the big toe is kind of um being pushed towards the other toes as well so it's not straight out anymore they're definitely in there too much okay good to check out check those little toes yeah so those are your little red flags that you're looking for. And again, um, if you see those, you're like, oh, okay, not a big deal. We're just going to decrease it. Starting tomorrow, yeah. we're just yeah. going to decrease our time yeah. in it, right? Yeah. We're just going to make changes to our daily routine. We're going to decrease the amount of time they're in that. We're going to find other alternative ways to keep them entertained so that you still get, you know, some hands to yourself or some minutes to yourself to be able to do, you know, pee little things, nothing. I mean, we're not Switch the laundry around asking for a whole lot here, but, yeah. um, so if that is something that you notice, you're going to give those toes little kisses and you're going to say, okay, tomorrow we're just going to spend a little less time. And we know that they're going to feel better and they're going to get better. Those toes will heal and they're going to be okay from there. Yeah. And so if a little one is not sitting without support and is in this sort of belly swung forward, um, super arched back, rolled over ankle position, and then they jump, you know, that could come, that could just trigger a whole um, domino effect all the way up their spine, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing that would, would not be harmful at all is if you are using these ones a fair amount, more than we recommend, which we're going to tell you in a moment, maybe make an appointment with a pediatric chiropractor just to get them checked over and make sure everything is still in alignment. That would be a way to remedy it if you're really worried about it. Nice and easy. Yeah. Um, So if you are going to use these, we really recommend that you wait until your baby can sit without support. 
before you place them in there. And so that's, that's not an age. Every baby masters that at a different age. So there's no age on that. Um, we're going to place a pillow under their feet. And we're going, this is where it gets really tricky. This tip here is you want to make sure that they're really only touching with their toes, but not just the very tippy toes. And we don't want them flat footed. We don't want them to be flat footed and then have bent knees so that they're actually. Yes. Um, like it's like load bearing. Yes. Okay. So there's like really about an inch <laughs> or a half an inch. Not to make it any harder on you. I know. And the other one too, is you want to make sure that you got those little um, tabs flipped so that baby's not really rocking in it so much that it's actually very sturdy as well. Yes. And then to limit the time spent in these devices to 10 minutes at a time for about two times per day. Yeah. And you know, typically these devices we're using them, especially especially when they start to, our little guys start to move, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, I need to contain them. So, you know, that's, if you're like, okay, I've got 10 minutes, I've got 10 minutes. This is what I absolutely need to do um, within that 10 minutes. Then, then just have that in the back of your mind, right? I'm just, mm-hmm. we're just, this is just a quick little, I'm putting you in here. Mm-hmm. That's if you're going to continue to use it. So 10 minutes, twice a day, you know, that's, that's not the excessive use that, that can cause a lot of these, uh, you know, potential damages, right? Or, or injuries, sorry, I shouldn't say damages, injuries. Um, some of the alternatives though, like, yeah. so we do know, we get, we get, I have four kids. Um, my last <laughs> two were very close in age. I get that we need to be able to put them down sometimes safely, sometimes um, without uh, being within reach of anybody else. So if you have animals, um, our go-to is always, like Heidi said, is always going to be on their belly, on their back. Like we want them exploring their world on their belly, on their back, um, using a height chair. If they're just not quite at that stage yet where they're sitting up on their own, you can use a height chair, belt them in safely. Um, you can use that as a little bit of a distraction for a few mm-hmm. moments as yours, yeah. you know, as yours kind of trying to manage or juggle other things. Um, but setting up a safe space, this is always my favorite. So whether that's, you know, if you have pets or if you have uh, a lot of toddlers, you can set up like a playpen um, or a pack and play that has, you know, the flat bottom. So they're on their belly, they're on their back. You are watching them, uh, supervising them, but they have their little toys in there that they can kind of have mm-hmm. their own space. Even better from there is having like an enclosed little, you know, they have the little, little baby gates. They have the little, um, even the living room gates, right? So they kind of are a little bit, you can do like a a diamond or a little bit of an oval type thing. So Mm -hmm. they're a little bit bigger, but that's kind of the baby space. So the animals can't get in there. Ideally, Mm -hmm. um, the big kids can't get in there. Ideally, that's what we Mm -hmm. did a lot with our little, little guys when they were in that stage yet where they weren't quite sitting up, but they still like they were, they were past that infant age where they didn't really want to sit uh, being the carrier all of the time. They wanted to be out and moving and stuff. Um, so there's kind of that in-between stage and then you have toddlers or big kids running around and they're just not super, super safe yet. <laughs> so having yeah. that- and So one of the things I think I saw in a box one time was that it said something like, helps strengthen baby's legs. And I thought, mm. that is not even true because first of all, baby's not bearing weight. They're not strengthening their legs. It's yes. not helping them to, you know, 
walk sooner. And we don't want them to, you know, race to every milestone. We want them to master every milestone before going on to the next one. We don't want to be like, oh, we did a little bit of crawling. Okay, let's try crawling now, or let's try walking. Yeah. We want to like master and then move forward, master and then move forward. So if you're worried about, you know, your baby's leg strength or developing, you know, the gross motor skills, getting them on the floor and yes, and playing with them on the floor, encouraging them to, you know, do that army crawling, encouraging them to roll over, encouraging them to get themselves into and out to out of um, a sitting position. That's what's going to strengthen their core and their leg muscles. Not any device, not any apparatus. Um, the challenge is, is these devices are usually gifted to us. Yes. Um, and so then we feel obligated to use them. Um, they're all, it also can be quite fun to watch the little ones jump in there because they're, they just go, 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 go. Right. Oh, so it, it is entertaining. It. Like it is. Yes. <laughs> For both, both us as parents and them, like it gives them something new. And I do, that's like that six, seven month stage where they want to be moving, but they're not yet. And, but you're like, okay, you're awake for an hour and 45 minutes, two hours. And, and what am I going to do to entertain you? Right. And you're kind of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to start with this and then we're going to start with this. And then we're going to go here. And it's kind of like, I feel like you get into like these stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it's, you know, if it's two, three minutes where they jump, 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 and then you take them out and we have lots of belly time. Right. Like it doesn't mean again, that you have to like, you know, take it to the backyard and burn it to the ground. We're just going to limit how much use it safely and use it and, appropriately. Yeah. And if you don't have them already, if, if, if you um, are, are still pregnant, you haven't, um, you're still doing your registry, just don't put them on. Like, yeah, it's, because they take up so much. Oh my space. gosh. This is the biggest thing, right? My first, I had Ireland. She's currently 15. And for Ireland, like we had all of, like we had a swing. She hated it. We had, I don't think I had a mattress foster. We had a jolly jumper. She hated it. She, she didn't like the, the external stuff. Um, but then by the time Oscar came around, I don't even, I don't even think I pulled anything out. I actually think I got rid of it because <laughs> I was like, they don't use them. It's, it's, it's so short lived. It's so bulky. It's so it big. Is. It's so much stuff when, you know, like changing their positions. So we have them and listen to the tummy time. We have lots of great ideas there, mm-hmm. but like, even when they're on their back, like I went to one of my family's houses and they had those great, um, foam things on the ground and they had stickers on some of the walls and, and it was easy little tweaks. Like, you know, so start in the morning, we put him facing this way, looking at these toys. And then at the end of the day, we have them on his back with his feet up against the wall. And that was just something for him to like, be able to bang at. And he was pushing himself off. He was giggling. Like it's just change it around sometimes, right? Put them in front of, take your little mat and your little thing and make, change those safe spaces every few weeks if you can, right? And pop them in front of a window or, you know, little things like that can make a huge difference in, how they're managing that, those awake times for sure. Yeah. Put some of your couch cushions on the floor and let them kind of pull themselves up onto that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a great one. I, I would much rather you do that than get an extra saucer or a jumper because they, they really are. They take up so much space. You only use them for a few months. That's a short amount of time. And then you and feel like you have to store them for yeah. the next one. And then you're like, where am I going to put this darn thing? <laughs> 
yes yeah yeah so hey here's your pass to not even having to get any of that stuff and yeah. and using just the stuff you have around the house that's towards your starbucks fund i don't know yeah, right <laughs> keep it keep it for gas money so you can go for a nice long drive and listen to podcasts so funny. can you tell that's what i do sometimes i'm like you know what i just need to get out for a little bit and i'm gonna listen to some podcasts so if you kind of like this you know geeking out on um, development stuff you would probably really like um, Blossom's yes baby classes so at current time of recording um, it's COVID still it's December <laughs> 2020 still <laughs> oh my goodness and I hope we don't have to say that much longer right. but um, <laughs> captain's journal <laughs> <laughs> It's December 2022. We're <laughs> no, no, no. Post COVID. It's going to be um, post COVID, pre COVID. Yeah, I know. Right. So we are, Blossom is doing all of the classes virtually. So we have a virtual snuggle and cuddle class. And so that's geared towards babies who are two weeks to about 15 months of age. And each week I go over a different developmental focus. So, um, some of those focuses are gross motor, fine motor, cognitive or thinking skills, language, literacy. It's it's a 10-week course. It's seasonally. So there's a winter, a spring, a summer, and a fall. And you would have to take the full year before you start repeating stuff. So yes, there's going to be gross motor every session, but it's going to be different gross motor. And I give you um, a different way to help um, develop your little one's gross motor. And I'd also tell you what you're looking for at different ages. And so it's a great program and it's available I, to you anywhere in the world now because we're doing them virtually. And they're, it's only $35 if you want to sign up for the snuggle and cuddle. But if you have other children, older children, we have like a package called our virtual village where you get access to our music class, our story time, um, our your virtual class. kinder bugs as well as your virtual kinder bugs. Yeah, that's a one. different, yeah, that's like a school readiness class where you get the play pack of boxes, all of the supplies and materials that you need to do the classes. But if you have a little, like a baby under, I would say like 12 months, um, sign up for that and you will really, really enjoy it. It's great because it's all recorded and um, you can watch them when it's available to you. So when baby's happy and well-rested and well-fed. So this may be like 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. for you, whenever. And you can do it at home. If your partner can do it, um, it's really fun. It, you know what, I when, when you had classes in studio, I was mm -hmm. lucky enough to be able to participate in some of them. I was lucky enough to be able to teach some of them as well. And the programs that you've designed and the information that you're sharing with these families in such a great um informative but fun way is yeah i think all families and for the price that you're getting now for virtually i think all families need to be signing up so blossom early learning dot org no ca dot ca so blossom early learning dot ca um definitely check out miss heidi's classes you will not be disappointed she's our very own you know future mrs dress up She's, she's yeah. And you know what, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to give you a coupon code. I just Ooh. thought about this right now. So if you are thinking about signing up for the snuggle and cuddle class, I will give you $10 off one um, session. So if you want to sign up for the winter or the spring, I'll, I'll make it available that coupon code until let's say June 20. 
21. And the coupon code will be um, podcast. You You just enter that in on the um, website when you sign up and you'll get $10 off. Yay. Oh my goodness, guys, <laughs> sign up because those classes are just so fantastic. You're going to love them. So blossomearlylearning.ca um, and coupon code podcast. Thanks so much, Heidi. That's awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was um, for the moment. <laughs> we're in we're in 15 countries now. Did you know? So I didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've hit 15 countries. I know. We need, to, we need to get a map and start shading in the countries. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're building our following in the United States. So guys, um, we're looking to build more countries and more following. So if you have family and friends that have little ones, big ones, um, ones to come, be sure to share, be sure to share uh, the program, the episodes, the podcast, anything you can, we would really, really appreciate it. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. I know, Heidi, that was awesome. Thank you so much for all that awesome information. Remember what we said, guys, if you're feeling that guilt, shake it off go take a shower turn off the lights turn on yeah. some bon jovi get rid of Welcome it to the club yeah Honestly, get rid of it another badge <laughs> <laughs> know that this Seriously. is going to happen but just can't like walk through it and don't let it hang over you even if you're seeing those blisters or those calluses you know make the changes and and we learn from it that's all there is that's that's what parenting and, is and guys still really bothering you make an appointment with a pediatric chiropractor. There's, they are not uncommon at all. There's lots of them now. Even North Bay has them now. Yes. And just say, you know what? We've been using an exercise and I'm kind of worried that maybe baby needs an adjustment. You just take a look. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super uninvasive. It's very gentle. It's not like an adult getting a chiropractic treatment. It's, and it will help ease your mind. If you are really worried, but that's like, if you're really worried, (laughs) yeah, don't let it, don't let it get under your skin guys. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks Heidi for um, all the great information. Um, This is the end of the year for us. So happy end of 2020. Yeah. We'll see you next year. Hopefully 2020 is so much better. 2021. 2021. Sorry. (laughs) Here we go. Hey guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.